I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now, I want you to notice in this scripture that Jesus puts three times the emphasis on the word saying than he does believing. The problem is not in the believing for most Christians. The problem is in the saying. And uh, we've been spending some time on this and, and from this scripture here alone, you can see where Jesus' emphasis is. His emphasis is on the saying. We must hear the word of God. We must I mean, we, we have to hear the Word of God to get faith, but to get a result. And here is the difference that, I need, that, I, that I'm really trying to emphasize. Is that to, if you had a heart full of faith, it wouldn't do you any good unless you released it. There would be no action taken. There would be no power produced. There would be no change in the atmosphere until you release it. It doesn't matter how much faith you have. It doesn't matter how much of the Word of God you put in your heart. And you do get faith that way. Faith does come by hearing the Word of God. When you plant the Word of God, and we're going to look at some scriptures tonight that confirm that, it does, when you plant the Word of God in your heart, it does produce a harvest, and you can have a heart full of faith on healing and die. You can have a heart full of faith on finances and God's will to prosper you and go broke. That's the point that I'm trying to make. That sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? And so, but the truth is, this is what Jesus knew. Jesus knew that the problem for most Christians, because see, you are a believer. The word believer means you believe. And so the problem is not in the believing. The problem is in the saying. The problem is what we say. And then, and then there's this other, uh, and, and, and the reason that I wanted to highlight these words here where Jesus, you actually see Jesus put three times the emphasis on what we say as opposed to what we believe it's because some people have the idea, and it's been taught this way, and I know for years I felt this way, is that when you're under pressure, just don't say nothing. If you can't say how many of you have ever heard? If you don't, if you can't say anything good, don't say nothing at all. Well, that's better than being negative. But you got to remember, you got an enemy that's hollering at you, whispering at you, telling you what's going to happen. He's using his words against you. He is planting a negative field in your life. And so even if you're silent, you will still float downstream. If there's a time to ever be active with your words, it's in the middle of the battle. Your words are most important when you're in the heat of the battle, when you are fighting to fight a faith. Because sometimes we don't feel like saying anything good. We just want to complain or we want to. And so instead of complaining, we just get quiet. Well, that's a good way to lose a battle. And so we have to pronounce the word. That's why Jesus put so much emphasis on what we say. It's our saying that's important. It's our saying that releases the truth of the word of God. It's the saying that puts the word of God into motion in the atmosphere. And so Jesus said, Jesus mentioned saying three times as much as believing concerning the individual. So let's look at that. For assuredly, I say to you, now that first say there doesn't count because that's Jesus. That's, that's Jesus himself saying something. For assuredly, I say to you, that's, what, that's him talking. But now let's pay attention to what he says about the individual. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed be cast into the sea 
and does not doubt in his heart. Now we got believing one time, so we got saying one time from the individual. He's he's talking about what the individual does. He's talking about what you do. So he's got say it says to the mountain one time, believing one time, and then he goes on to say that those things he what says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, the other point that I was making a minute ago is that when the pressure is on, we want to be quiet. But there's also the thought that, well, I said that last Thursday. I said that I'm going to be well last Thursday. Hadn't said nothing since. And that's what the importance of, and that's what we're going to focus on tonight. People really do not understand. We do not understand as the body of how much God wants you to spend time in His Word. And when we say things like that, the first thing that comes to our mind is reading. And, uh, and I've had this conversation with several people this week, several people this week. And, um, I, and, and every one of them answered exactly the same. So I would say what I've been saying for the last few weeks. And I would say things, you've got to keep it in your mouth. And I've had four or five people that have done this week. And then I would ask them, what is it that we must do? Every one would say we got to read the Bible. What happened? We just missed it, didn't we? It didn't say read it. Now, do we need to read it? Of course you do. You can't get faith unless you spend time in the Word, and faith comes by hearing the Word. But it's an automatic. Now, it's happened four or five times, four or five different people. I've got done saying and reading the scriptures and telling them what they must do, say the word, speak the word, constantly speak the word, and I'll ask them, what is it that we must do? We've got to read. Missed it, didn't we? And so let's look at some scriptures. Let's look at this. Jesus puts the emphasis on the saying. Now, let's look at Luke 6.45. Luke 6.45. He says, a good man, hallelujah, that's a good verse right. A good man out of the good treasure or deposit. The deposit. Now, whatever's in your heart in abundance is going to come out. Whatever's in there in abundance. A good man out of the good treasure, deposit of his heart, brings forth good. Okay, Jesus. We've, we've learned from the parable, so let's ask Jesus a couple of questions here. We've learned from the parable that the seed is what? The Word of God. Isn't that right? And we've also learned from the parable that our heart is what? The ground, the soil. Isn't that correct? And, and Jesus said that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. Well, Jesus, how do you bring forth that good? How do you get the good deposit that you put in your heart? How do you get the seed of the Word of God that we've been planting how do we get it out here in this atmosphere? See, he started off this conversation by saying this. He says, a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Well, we've just got, and, he's, and, he, and, and, and all of this is under the context of the parable where he's talking about the reaping and the sowing, where he's talking about taking the word of God and planting it like we talked about last week with the farmer. The farmer in his speaking was doing the planting and the people doing the hearing was the soil that was receiving the seed. Right? Doesn't that make sense? 
And so, but all right, Jesus, now that we've got that seed in our heart, now that that seed is maturing, how do we get it out? For out of the mouth. Do you see it? How do you bring it forth? How do you bring forth something good? How do you make a change in your finances? How do you make a change in your body? How do you make a change in this atmosphere? He brings forth good out of the abundance of his heart. His mouth speaks. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? How are you going to change it? See, we can spend so much time in the word of God and have a heart full of faith and get nowhere. It is until we speak that word. It is until we put that word into the atmosphere that the atmosphere begins to change. And that the field in your life, see the Bible says that you are God's garden. In Corinthians, do you know God called you his garden? You're his garden. Now, if a garden doesn't have any seed planted in it, nothing will ever be brought forth. Isn't that right? You're God's garden. It's the easiest thing in the world to change when you see this. It's the easiest thing in the world to move from one place to another. It's the easiest thing to change from a spirit of defeat to a spirit of faith. And it's as simple as confessing the word of God continually, day and night, continually, day and night. And we're going to look into that a little bit further. It's when we begin to rehearse what God says about us, what God calls us, what God has given to us, that we begin to make the thing work in our lives. See, the Word of God is no good if it doesn't have a change or an effect in your life. And, and, and I'm going to say this a thousand times if I need to. If we come to church, hear the Word, go back home the same, we're wasting our time. It would have been better just to stay home. Would you agree? Are we all busy? We are, ain't we? We need a change. We need to have something that actually works in this atmosphere. And the Bible says that a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. But the first part of that process is that's why when you, there's two steps here. There's two processes here that we have to follow. The first step is we have to get faith. We have to get faith by, by hearing the word. And so the confession part of faith does both aspects. Nothing you will. There is no other way to build faith more rapidly than to hear yourself say it. When you hear yourself say the word of God, when you hear yourself say, I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. I've lend to many. I mean, lend to many, borrow from none. That I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. All sickness and disease dies instantly when it touches my body in the name of Jesus. When you confess those things, when you, when you begin to realize that you are the righteousness in God in Christ Jesus, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. When you begin to say, I have the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus. I have the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus. When you begin to confess those things, when you begin to say those things, you are planting seed, you are receiving faith. When you begin to confess that you have the wisdom of God, the first part of that confession is, is that you are planting the seed of that harvest in your spirit. But then at the same time, you are bringing forth the good. You are putting into the atmosphere the wisdom of God. I have the wisdom of God. Now, if you had the wisdom of God, you wouldn't need any other thing. See, the Bible says that the wisdom is the principal thing. With all you're getting, get wisdom. That's what he said. Wisdom is the principal thing. And if you had the wisdom of God, you wouldn't need anything. 
I mean, if you always know what to do in every situation because you have the wisdom of God, wouldn't that be a good confession? I always know what to do in every situation because I have the wisdom of God. Somebody said, that's the arrogant thing I ever said. Well, you take it up with the Lord. He's the one that said it. Isn't that right? See, faith will make you seem arrogant to the outside world. Now, that's why you do it to yourself. That's why you be quiet about it. That's why you get in your closet. Jesus said, "He, you know, go to your closet and your father who sees what's done in secret will reward you openly. When you get in your closet and confess, I have the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus, nobody needs to hear you say that. You need to hear you say that. Right? Faith comes by you hearing. Didn't it? It comes by you hearing. And then you're planting that seed out there in this atmosphere. If there's anything we need, it's the wisdom of God. Would you agree? Would you agree? Wouldn't it be nice to know what to do in every situation that arises? And so... You know, when you say these things, it can sound like you're being arrogant and cocky, but you're not. You're just doing what the Word of God said. See, when Joshua was 80 years old, he still was convinced he could take the mountain. He said, give me the mountain. He's 80 years old. He's still willing to go take the mountain. You would have said, People would have said that he was arrogant, wouldn't they? People would have come against him. But what did he do? He took the mountain. At 80 years old, he took the mountain. He accomplished the mountain. See, when you get the Word of God inside of you, when you begin to speak the Word of God, you will rise to your level of confession. When you begin to confess those things, give me that mountain. It's mine. I want it. You see? And, and, and so I don't think it's any uh, accident that it was a mountain because Joshua conquered it. He conquered it and he said he could conquer it. He believed he could conquer it. His confidence, Joshua's confidence at 80 years old was not in his physical ability. Joshua's confidence at 80 years old was not in his natural intelligence. Joshua's confidence was in God. Joshua's confidence was in God's ability, what God could do. And he kept believing he could take the mountain because God said he could take the mountain. God said he could overcome the mountain. God said the same thing to you. Whosoever shall save this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, if that one in his heart. But believe those things he says, he will have what? Whatever he says. Isn't that right? And so a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, so you take or the deposit that's in your heart, when you're speaking the word of God, when you're proclaiming the word of God, you are making a deposit in your heart. But at the same time, you bring forth that deposit. You bring forth that good thing by saying it. Jesus said a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. Now, how does he do that, Jesus? For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Whatever's in there in abundance will come out. And so that's why it's important to spend lots of time meditating, rehearsing what the Word of God says, speaking the Word of God. Amen? Speaking it, saying it, doing it. Watch. Let's look at a couple of the scriptures. Now, if we look back at Joshua 1.8, it says this book of instruction, we've, we've, we've spent a lot of time in this scripture, this book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. Must not depart from your mouth. You will always rise to the place of your confession. You will put ceilings and limits on your life with your word or you will break open the glass ceiling over your life. If you begin to confess, I have an abundance and I have given and it is given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You begin to say, I have the wisdom of God. You begin to say, I can take it. I can do it. Give me more. Hallelujah. Praise God. You'll have a, you'll have a spirit of faith about you that makes you want to take it on. 
makes you want to take it on. It'll, it'll drive you forward. It'll push you forward. And when you begin to recite it, you will rise to that level. You will begin to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's sometimes, you know, I've done this for years, but never like I have now. And and sometimes I've gone on walks, you know, maybe 40 minutes, an hour walk, or maybe even two hours of walking. And I'll say that sometimes I'll say the same scripture the entire time. I will not let another word come out of my mouth. And I cannot tell you the victory that I've had internally. See, you get in victory on the inside a long time before you get it on the outside. Things that are holding you down and oppressing you and suppressing you and and crippling you on the inside, making you feel weak and feeble, will be broken when you begin to continually confess the Word of God. And it happens in here first. That's why Jesus said a good man, uh, he said a good man out of the good deposit. You got to make the deposit first. The deposit will change you on the inside before it ever happens out here. And there's times when I begin to confess that and there were some battles, man, it just seemed like I could not get past. And I would spend over an hour of time sometimes saying the same exact scripture and I, and, and that battle has been completely defeated in my life. Hallelujah. Praise God. They don't nobody know nothing about it but me and God. My own wife don't know nothing about it. It's me and God. Some things need to be you and God. Some things need to be you and God. That's what I'm saying. Nobody needs to hear this but you. You and the Lord. You and the Lord, you spend time in it. And, and, and that thing will be broken on the inside of you and the freedom that you find on the other side of that is absolutely exhilarating. Knowing that you've defeated a giant in your life. See, when David took off and ran at Goliath, he ran at him with his mouth wide open. He ran at him telling him what he was going to do. You get the Word of God in there and you'll rise to that. You'll arrive at that place. You'll arrive where you've given and it is given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. You'll arrive at the place where you know what to do because you have the wisdom of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? You'll arrive at the place where every cell of sickness and disease that touches your body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. You'll arrive at the place where you have an abundance. You'll arrive at the place where the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you in all truth. You'll be at the place where you're fully persuaded that that the Holy Spirit lives in you and leads you and guides you into all truth. That's one of the things that I confess. The Holy Spirit leads me and guides me into all truth. See, we don't always know the answer, but we know someone who does. Isn't that right? And He can lead us and guide us into all truth. One night I spent over an hour just saying that one scripture. Holy Spirit leads me and guides me into all truth. Holy Spirit leads me and guides me into all truth. Holy Spirit leads me. Now, isn't that what he told Joshua? This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to recite it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it for then. For then you will prosper. And then you will will succeed. Amen? In whatever you do. And, and, and the revelation is, is that the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. And so if a farmer needed corn, he wouldn't plant orange seed. Would he? So you have to realize that all of the Word of God's been given to you as seed. All of the Word of God's been given to you as seed. There's healing seed. There's financial seed. There's wisdom seed. There's knowledge seed. All things the Bible says that pertains to life and godliness. All things that pertain to life and godliness. You have to go find the right seed. You have to figure out what battle it is in your life that you're fighting. You have to go figure out what mountain it is 
in your life that you're founding and you have to go get that seed and you have to realize that you plant that seed and when you plant that seed, it will grow. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. It doesn't matter what your emotions are doing. If you plant the seed, it will grow. And I'm going to show you that in just a minute. The seed will begin to grow and sprout. And the Bible says you don't know how. But it'll do it. It'll do it. Don't let your emotions make you silent. Just keep saying Just keep saying Just keep saying And when you keep saying it, it will sprout and grow. And you don't know how, but it don't matter. It'll be there. Isn't that right? What we need is the corn. What we need is the oranges. Whatever. What we need is the fruit. Isn't that right? We don't have to understand it. We just have to do it. We have to take it up that God knows what He's talking about. God knows what He's talking about. We have to trust Him when He says that our heart is ground and that the seed is the Word of God. And if we take that seed and plant it, there's going to be a harvest. So many times we try to accomplish things with our willpower and with our strength and with our emotions and we fail miserably over and over and over again. Is that true? Isn't it true? We just find things that no matter how hard we fight, no matter how much willpower we put forth, no matter how much effort we put forth, we continue to fail at it. You ever felt like that? You ever felt like, man, if I just mess up one more time, if I just mess up one more time? Well, that's because willpower alone is not enough, but the Word of God is the seed. The Word of God is the seed. The Word of God is the seed of the things you're hoping for. The Word of God is the seed of all of those battles that you're fighting. If it's your flesh, you take the seed of the Word of God that says, I keep under my body, I bring it into subjection. I keep under my body, I bring it into subjection. I keep under my body, I bring it under subjection. If it's finances, I have given and it is given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I have all sufficiency for all things and abound to every good work. And... I mean, isn't that good? If it's the lack of wisdom, I have the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus. You have to plant the proper seed for the battle that you're fighting. If a farmer knows that he's got to sell so much corn, he doesn't plant cotton seed. Isn't that right? He plants corn seed. If it's, if it's the sickness and disease in your body, you go find the scriptures that pertain to healing. You find one that just alerts your spirit. You find one that just just rises up on the inside of you and you continue to confess it and you continue to confess it day and night. How long does it take till you get it? And you'll know when faith comes. You won't be wondering when faith comes. When it comes, it's a real thing. Faith is a real thing. And when it shows up... See, people think that people just automatically have a tendency to be high in faith. They don't. No. Some people just put more of the Word of God in than others. There's nothing special about the person. Your faith will grow as high as you want it to go. It'll grow as deep as you want it to go. It'll conquer any mountain that you're willing to put the time in for to conquer. It'll conquer any mountain that you're willing to plant enough seed for. Any mountain. Any mountain. Jesus said all things are possible. All things are possible to him that believes. It'll conquer anything, but you've got to put the seed of the Word of God in. You got God said you're ground. And we studied in, in, in Matthew's Gospel where he said the difference between the two is, is whether you understood it. Good ground was the man who understood the Word and bad ground was the man who did not understand the Word. Well, we just got through reading different Scriptures over here in Joshua. One translation of this is, he says that when you've recited it day and night, then you'll know how. Understanding will come. When you confess the Word, it doesn't even matter if you got poor soul. 
If you confess the Word of God, it says it will bring understanding. And, and in Matthew's Gospel, he said that understanding was the determining factor as to whether you were good ground or bad ground. So if you're bad ground, you're not producing fruit. He tells you how to change the condition of the soul. He tells you how to can change the condition of your heart. He's saying that when you confess the Word of God, that then you will know how to perform. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? And then Matthew says, now you have switched. You've broken up the fallow ground. We'll do all kinds of things. Grow things out, cut things off. Instead of everything except for what God said to do. Isn't it crazy? And so you can take the Word of God and confess it and change the condition of your soul. Understanding will come. And when understanding comes, the condition of the soul will change and it will produce fruit. It will produce. Your spirit will produce. Jesus said that your heart will begin to, to bring forth fruit and you don't know how. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? But it's okay as long as we get the fruit. Isn't that right? As long as we get the fruit. We've got to continue to do this. We've got to continue to stay in the Word of God. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. The secret to prospering and succeeding is just plant the seed. Just plant it. Whatever it is. Whatever's defeating you. Whatever's holding you back. Whatever change it is in your life that you want. Just plant the seed. Just plant the seed. Just plant the seed. And see, when we don't understand this principle, see, that's why Jesus always compared natural or spiritual things to natural things. Because they work the same. See, a farmer can sit there on his back porch and say, I sure wish I had some corn. I sure wish I had some corn. I would be nice if corn would just sprout up and grow. I'd love to have some corn. Lord, why don't you give me some corn? Jesus, if you love me, you give me some corn. Why don't the Lord care about me? Look at my neighbor over there. He's got corn everywhere. And I ain't got a single, I ain't got enough corn to get through a night. God must not love me. God must not care. Why does God think so much of him? Look at that big old field over there he's got with corn. How did he get the corn? What did he do special? How come God loves him? Isn't that how we think? What did God say do? He provided you. He said, now when you look at the parable, when you look at in Corinthians, when he talks about giving, he says in God who gives seed to the sower. Now your Bible is full of seed. Your Bible is packed full of seed. The seed's there. You got to go plant it. You got to go plant it. And if you plant it, and if you work just as diligent as your neighbor, you're going to have just as much corn as he has or more. Whoever works the hardest is going to get the most corn. Hallelujah. Isn't that true? Now, when I'm talking about working, we're not talking about a physical level. We're talking about a work in your spirit. We're talking about taking the Word of God and putting it on the lips constantly until you get a harvest. Now, when you first start off, you think, man, this is rough. This, this don't make no sense. This ain't going to help. Just stay with it. Sometimes you have to just take God at His Word. Do you think God knows what He's talking about? Do you think God told a lie about it? No. He's telling you. He's telling you. Take the Word of God. Plant it on the tables of your heart and it'll produce a harvest. You'll change. You'll, and it don't take long either. I'm going to tell you, spiritual, spiritual seed produces faster than natural seed. It does. It does. When you get the Word of God on your lips and you plant it, it'll come up quicker than you imagine. Way quicker than you imagine. Sometimes when the battle's rough, you've got to go at it hard. Get by yourself. Get in your car if you have to. Sometimes I'll get in my car at 2 o'clock in the morning and ride around all night just speaking the Word of God. Just speaking the Word of God. Getting my emotions right. Getting things straightened out. 
And in a few minutes, I'm fine. Everything's good. I'm all right. Now, nothing in the physical that I have just experienced has changed yet, but I know it's all right in here. I've got it all right in here. And if I got it all right in here, I can handle anything on the outside. Isn't that right? It'll make you say, I can take that mountain. I can take that mountain. See, the spirit of faith will do that. Spirit of faith will make you have more energy than 10 people around you. It will. It'll make you have more energy than 10 people around you. They won't be able to keep up with you. A spirit of faith will, will cause you to have a, a conquering spirit, an attitude that I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to win this battle. I'm unwilling to lose this battle. I'm unwilling to lose this battle. But that's from the product of the Word of God in you. See, that's what David said. Oh, this is that, that giant. Who's this uncircumcised Philistine? All you've got thousands of people shrinking in their armor. The big people. Saul. Now the Bible says that Saul, which was the king of the ark, which was the king of Israel, was head and shoulders taller than every man. And he's shrinking back. He's shrinking back in the entire army. And here comes this little fella. Probably don't weigh a hundred pounds. He probably don't weigh a hundred pounds. And he said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He said he'll be no different than the lion and the bear. And then he takes off running at the giant. He takes off running at him and telling him, I'm going to take your head off. Hallelujah. This little hundred pound fellow. And when he did just that, and David said, not only am I going to take his head off, I'm going to take the whole entire army. David intended on defeating the entire Philistine army by himself. Now you don't do that in the natural. There's something that happened on the inside of David. There was something different about David. There was the product of the, of the seed in the Word of God that David spent hours out there meditating in. David stayed out there in, that, in, 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 the, in the presence of those pastors taking care of those, those uh, animals hours and hours and hours and hours of confessing the Word of God and meditating. That's one of the reasons that, that praise and worship is so powerful. Because you keep pronouncing what God is. You keep saying what God is. You keep pronouncing what God is. And you've been planting seed. And you're coming into a, a realization that God's bigger than my problems. God's bigger than the battles I'm facing. God's bigger. And, and David's out there worshiping one day. And a lion comes up and takes the sheep. And David snatches him by his mane and defeats the lion. Runs him down. Runs down a lion. Somebody said, oh, that's just a parable. No, it's not. No, it's not a parable. It happened exactly the way the Scripture said it is. Anytime there's a parable, Jesus said, I will liken this unto. No, He said He did that. He did the same thing to a bear. A hundred pounds. I don't know how much he weighed, but he's a young kid. He probably don't weigh much more than a hundred pounds. Now, when you can run down a line, well, you got something going on. you got something different than most people I know. Ain't that right? I mean, I mean, we're in a situation where we're, you know, everybody's got their head low and defeated all the time. No, praise God, you, you take the battle to the devil. You got to win this thing. There's a different attitude on the inside of you. There's a new uh, spirit on the inside of you. You got a new attitude. Let's say, God, I'm going to win this battle. If I got to do it all by myself, if nobody's going to go with me, David didn't call for the fellas and said, hey, I need a lot. I got a line out here in the pasture and I need some help. No, he said, I'll take it myself. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? I'll take this mountain myself. Jesus, that's why the scripture said that a thousand may fall at your right side and ten thousand on the other side, but it will not come near you. Hallelujah. That's the attitude that the spirit of faith has. 
A spirit of faith has that attitude. It does. Makes you well able. Well able. See, Joshua said when he was getting the mountain, I'm well able to take the mountain. I'm well able to take the land. I can do it. Let me in there. Let me in there. There's a change that comes. There are sometimes in my life I've gotten tired and felt like defeated, and I just said, Lord, don't. And you've heard me say that. Lord, I don't want anything else to do. I don't want another thing to do. I don't want any other thing to do. And uh, But I'm telling you, you can get so stirred up on the Word of God. You say, give me another. Put me in there. Put me in there. Put me in there. I'll take it. Give me another. Give me another. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? I had a man tell me just the other day, he, he was in the business for 25 years. He said, I don't know how in the world to do what you do. Well, Word of God. Hallelujah. Word of God will refresh you. Word of God will make you strong in spirit. The Word of God will cause you to have a spirit that I'm going to win this battle. I'm going to overcome I'm going to take the land. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. Now, you're not taking the land because you're something. No. You're not taking the land because you are so smart. No. You're not taking the land because you're so strong. No. 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 You're taking the land because God said you could. That's a big difference. You're taking the land because the Spirit of the Lord is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now, if the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells and lives in your body, you ought to be able to do something more than somebody don't have it. Isn't that right? You ought to be able to take the land. You ought to be able to win in life. The same spirit that moved over the face of the deep and caused the land to rise to the ground and the earth was created and caused fish to develop into the sea and caused animals to creep on the ground and caused man to be lives and dwells in you. What can you do? Anything you set your mind to. All things are possible to you. Why? Because you have the Holy Ghost living inside of you. You have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. You've got the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I'm well able to take the land. I'm well able to take the land. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me another mountain. Give me another. I'm well able to do it. I'm well able to do it. Well able to do it. I'm strong. Let the weak say what? Let the weak say what? I'm strong. I'm strong. I'm well able. I'm well able. I'm well able. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? Don't it feel good just hearing that? I'm well able to do it. I'm well able to do it. I don't need anybody else. Just me and the Lord. Just me and the Lord. I can do it. Hallelujah. In Christ. Now, it's good when you got people believing with you. Don't get me wrong. It's good when you got people joining up with you. You got a husband and a wife that'll grab your hand and go with you. That's that's good. You know, I thank the Lord for my wife. Support me and pray for me and be right there with me. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's living in you. You might not have that situation. Things might not be like, but I'm telling you, you're well able. You're well able. You're well able. Yes. You get the word in your mouth. You're well able. Yes. I'm well able to do it. I'm well able to conquer this one. Hallelujah. So, you get anything out of this so far? Oh, yes. You tell them a little wound up, but I'm telling you, it gets good to you. It gets good to you. Man, you go from a place of being just empty and wore out to, man, I'm ready to go. Hallelujah. Let me go. Let me out here. Let's go get another. Hallelujah. That's what, see, that's the spirit that Joshua had. He had to conquer the land. You don't think there was times in that 80 years, that 40 years that he got tired? Yeah, but he kept the word of God. He See, God told Joshua this. He told him, he said, keep reciting the word. That's why Joshua had so much energy. That's why Joshua had a different attitude. That's why Joshua saw something different. You know, all the Israelites saw the same times. Joshua said, let's go get them. Let's do it. Let's go. 
I'm well able. We're well able to take the land, Joshua said. We're well able. Let's go do it. Everybody else said, man, we are grasshoppers in our own sight. Oh, have you seen how big they are? The land's good. The land is good, but we're not able to do it. We're not able to do it. And they shrunk in fear and became cowards. Now, the whole time they couldn't do it anyway. They never was able to do it. It was God who split the Red Sea. It was God who defeated the Egyptian armies. They kept forgetting. They kept forgetting it was God. It was God. Oh, look at that giant. Well, who is a giant compared to God? How'd that giant get here anyway? Is the thing made greater than the thing who made it? No. No. Joshua saw something completely different. He said, oh, they're big, but that just means they fall hard. <laughs> Isn't that right? The bigger they are, the harder they fall. They're just going to make a nice thump when they hit the ground, but he's going down. How do I know he's going down? Because God said, go take him. And if God says, go take him, well, then the Holy Ghost will come on me and help me. Hallelujah. Do you think David had the physical strength and feet to lie? No. No, he had the anointing and the power of God. How was, David, how was Samson able to pull the building down? Because he had the power of God. He was well able to do what God told him to do. You're well able to do what God's told you to do. You're well able. Hallelujah. The word meditate here, now listen to this. The word meditate here in that scripture, or, it, or recite as it's translated in this verse, it, it means this. I was dug in, two o'clock this morning, I was digging in this scripture. You know, I, I bet you I don't think there's another scripture in the Bible that I know of do But there is, there's more. <laughs> but you get something to feed you, you just stay with it. You just stay with it. And 2.30 this morning, I was out of the bed behind my computer. And I was looking at this scripture. And I was digging through my program. I was trying to find another way. I was trying to see something else. There's just something scratching at me. I said, there's more, there's more, there's more, there's more. So I got up looking. Got up looking. And so at 2.30 this morning, I was looking and I found this definition. To talk distinctly indistinctly sorry I printed that wrong to talk indistinctly that should say it says distinctly but it means indistinctly to talk indistinctly usually in a low voice usually in a low voice that's what he's telling Joshua and so all the time while all the Israelites were complaining about not having no bread not having no melons not having this Joshua was saying I'm well able to take the land I'm well able to take the land I want that now that mountain's mine. I'm going to get it. And he never lost his confession. And so when God told him to go, man, he was ready. He was ready and he took it. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? He took that mountain. And so he was constantly doing. See, it was Joshua that God spoke to and told him this. He said, Joshua, don't look at the people around you. Joshua, don't listen to what everybody else is saying. Joshua, don't look at the mountain. Joshua, say what my word says. Keep it in your mouth day and night, day and night. Continuously recite what I say and you'll get that mountain. You'll not only get that mountain, but you'll take the entire land. And Joshua did something that Moses didn't even do. Joshua took him into the promised land. Joshua defeated the mountain. Joshua ran out the inhabitants of the land. Joshua was the one that defeated them and he did it through the meditation of the word of God. He was so convinced. Uh, he was like, he, he was just sitting there, just let me in there, God. Just let me in there. Just let me in there. Just let me in there. Turn me loose. Turn me loose. I'm well able to do it, Lord. Turn me loose. I know for 40 years he wore God out. Say, let me in there, God. Let me in there. Let us go. Let us go. We've been out here for 40 years. I know we're well able to do it. I don't care if any other Israelite goes with me. I'm well able to take it. I can take it on my own, Lord. Let me in there. 
Let me in there. Can you see the spirit of faith? The spirit of faith will do that to you. You can get so built up on the Word of God, you're persuaded that you can conquer all the mountains. You're persuaded that you can do all things through Christ Jesus. Well, that's what the Word said. That's what the Word said. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anyway, you get me a napkin right there, please. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know Joshua just worked on him. And, and, you know, God had to put up with those other people. But Joshua wasn't paying attention to the crowd. You can't pay attention to those that are around you. I don't care how long they've been in church. I don't care what kind of experience they have. There are just certain things I'm not getting. There's just certain things I'm not having. I don't care how many people's experienced it. I don't care how many people's done it. Praise God. God said, I'm well able to do it. I'm well able to do it. Now, it's not because I'm something. I'm nothing. Apart from Him, I can do nothing. I am nothing. I was nothing. I'm just dirt. But with Him, praise God, the greater one lives in me. Isn't that right? The greater one lives in me. And so, this the talk indistinctly. I, I misspelled that on here. It should be indistinctly. Usually in a low voice. You can get so built up on the Word of God. You can get so, so encouraged in the Word of God. You're just looking for something to happen. You're just looking for something to go wrong so you can prove God true. You're just looking for an opportunity to use your faith. See, everybody else in the world sees something bad happening. You're like, oh, Lord, what are we going to do? You're saying, praise God, here's another opportunity. Here's another opportunity. I'm going to win this battle. Hallelujah. I'm going to show God strong. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Hallelujah. Now, Mark 4.26. Look at this. Mark 4.26. He said to them, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. Now, he likened the whole kingdom of God to the parable of the soul. He said this. He said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand anything else in the Word of God. You won't get anything else until you realize that my Word is seed and it's been designed to be planted on the tables of your heart. And the result of that is to produce fruit. Until you understand that. Until you understand that, you're not going anywhere. You're not going to understand anything else. But when you begin to understand that the seed is the Word of God, and that your heart was particularly designed by God to cause the Word of God to increase, to cause the Word of God to grow on the inside of you. God designed you that way. God designed you that way. Your, your heart may be full of weeds. Your heart may be full of negative things. But you can meditate and speak the Word of God long enough till all of that changes. And you don't know how, but it'll work. The, real, the revelation is so simple that it hurts. The revelation is this. The seed is the Word of God. Your heart is ground. You want a harvest? It's up to you. How much do you want? You want just a little bit of corn? Plant a little bit of corn. You want a lot of corn? Get to sow it. Get to sow it. Get to sow it. Some of us have had battles that stuck around for 15 or 20 years that can be defeated in less than two weeks. Hallelujah. It don't take God. The Spirit is way more powerful. Things that happen in the Spirit is way more effective than things that go on in the natural. 
You, you pay the price. Get down. Get that. Get yourself by the ear and say, I'm going to say this. I don't care how I feel, how it looks, what it looks like. How, how defeated it, it looks. How big the ship has sailed. I'm going to keep right on saying until the, the ship turns around. It's going to have to turn around. You can bring it back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Never wave the flag of surrender. Just don't quit. Just don't quit. Just hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Keep saying. Keep saying. And he said the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed. Now, I'm interpreting that for you up here on this chart. And we know from the parable that the seed is what? The word of God. So the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter the word of God, seed, the seed of the word of God on the ground, which is what? His heart. The kingdom of God is as if is as if a man should scatter the seed of the word of God on his heart, on his uh, uh, on the ground, which is his heart, and he should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed, the word of God, should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth, the man's heart, has been particularly designed by God to cause that seed of the Word of God to grow. Your heart has been specifically designed by God to make the seed of the Word of God grow. And it yields crops by itself. See the yard, your heart yields crops by itself. Whatever you plant in there is going to come out. That's why children, when they're young, they're so powerful that what you say about them, what you pronounce over them, they're gardens. Children are gardens. You plant the seed of the Word of God. You plant that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You're well able to take the land. Hallelujah. You're well able to do it. You're well able. Greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world. But one night we were... Chloe was young, she was little, and she came to me and she she never had experienced fear before. She never knew anything about fear. Never knew anything about fear. And she came to me one night and the first time that she experienced fear, and, she, and I told her to go to bed, you know, it was, we were living in Benson. I don't know how old she was then. How old was she, Eddie? Maybe four or five years old and never had experienced fear. We didn't have an atmosphere of fear. You change, you, your fear shows up and you run it off. Get it out of there. Fear is destructive to you. And so she she came up to me and it's time to go to bed. You know, most times she just run on. She's always been independent. Always been independent. And she'd take off and go to bed. And so finally one night she ran off to go to bed and it was dark in there. And she come running back. She said, Daddy, it's dark in there. I said, what difference is that? She said, well, it's dark in there. I said, it's been dark in there four years. You know how old she was. I said, you sleep in the dark every night. Yeah, Daddy, it's dark in there tonight. You know, something changed. What happened? Fear. She said, Daddy, you need to come in there with me. I said, no, no, I'm not going in there. She said, Daddy, please go in there with me. I said, no, we're going to conquer the fear. After we conquer the fear, I'll be glad to go in there. But we're going we're gonna to get rid of this fear first. And I told her, I said, you know, you take, I said, you take the word. You say, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. He's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power, and love, and a sound mind. And, and she said that, you know. But daddy, I stood up and go in that room. I said, well, we'll stay here. Do you feel like going in there? 
I'm not going in there. See, you miss opportunities. You miss opportunities. And so I just kept saying, God's not giving me a spirit of fear. She said, yeah, Daddy, I know God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but I still need you going, no, we're not. We'll just stay right here. And I'd have stayed there at 4 o'clock in the morning and said, how long would it took? Well, however long it took, that's how long we're going to do it. That's how long we're going to do it. You know, it only took about 15 minutes. About 15 minutes. And I said, honey, the light switch is on the wall. Yeah, but it's dark in there today. I know, I know it's dark in there, but it's been dark in there for four years. God's not giving you a spirit of fear. So we're going to defeat this thing now. God's not giving me a spirit of fear. God's not giving me a spirit of fear. And suddenly you could see it hit her. She just practiced right on in there, turned the light on, went to bed, you know, walked right on in there. Say, I could have missed it. I could have allowed her to grow up in fear. Now, y'all have seen her on Facebook. Has she got any fear? No, no. <laughs> I can't tolerate it. You can't tolerate it. And so, you know, so you have to plant the seed of the Word of God. Now, see, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed, the seed of the Word of God on his heart and should sleep by night, rise by day, and the seed of the Word of God should sprout and grow, and he himself does not know how, for the earth, the man's heart, yields crops by itself. Put confidence in what I'm saying to you. Look at the Word of God and see if it ain't true. The Word of God's seed. Your heart is ground. It will produce a harvest. The earth yields crops by itself. Your heart yields crops by itself. Now, we're going to close with this. But of Him, you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Ain't you glad you're in Christ? Somebody said you look a lot better in Christ than you do out. Isn't that right? In Him, He cleans you up. He cleans you up. You look better, you walk better, you smile bigger. Your battles are won in Christ Jesus. Isn't that right? The enmity between you and God has been set aside and He's raised you up to sit with Him in Christ Jesus. You've been raised to sit with Him far above all principality and power. See, don't you look better in Christ than you do out? See, you're raised up there with Him. You're seated with Him far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's where you are now. You're not going to get there if you don't. If you're not there now, you ain't going to get there. You ain't going to get to heaven at all. See, He's raised you up when you were born again. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. You were born again. Jesus said you must be born again. And when you got born again, He raised you up and made you sit together with Him in heavenly places. And you need to see your life from that viewpoint instead of the one down here. Where have you been raised? Far above all principality. Far above all principality and power of might. I've been raised up against all of my enemies. I've been raised to a position higher than all the enemies that are raised against me. Isn't that good? You've been raised up far above all of the enemies that are raised against you. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus. You are in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. My friend, if you have all those things, you've got it all. If you've got redemption in Christ, you have been redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease. You have been redeemed from the curse of poverty. If you're sanctified in Him, you've been set apart for Him. If you're the righteousness of God in Him, you have been cleansed and purged from all your previous mistakes and you've been made the righteousness of God in Him and you're always in the right place at the right time because the, the footsteps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. And you have all wisdom because Christ Jesus has been made the wisdom of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now, if you arrive at that place, you have all you need. Isn't that right? 
I mean, if you're redeemed and the curse of poverty is broken over your life, then you have all sufficiency for all things. And if you have all wisdoms for, for all the crises that would ever appear in your life, and if you've been made right with God, well, it don't matter about anything else. And if you've been set apart from God and redeemed, hallelujah, I mean, you've arrived. Now, he didn't say, but of him one day in the sweet by and by, you're going to have all this. He said, no, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. See yourself in Christ. See yourself in him. You look a lot better in him than you do out. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? You look a lot better in Christ. You'll quit looking at yourself. You'll quit looking at your failures. You'll quit looking at your mistakes. You'll quit looking at your past. You'll see yourself in him. I'm in him. Hallelujah. I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I might not feel like it, but the Bible says I'm in him. I'm in him. And you keep saying that, and one day you're going to say, Hallelujah. Praise God. I am in Christ. Why? Because the seed is sprouting and growing, and you know not how. But it don't matter. The harvest is coming. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? The harvest will come. All right. Praise God. Did y'all get anything out of this tonight? I know I felt like a machine gun up here for a minute, but uh, praise God. I mean, the Word of God's good, isn't it? Yes. The Word of God's strong. I mean, the Word of God, see, you, you get the Word of God in your mouth and your whole attitude will change. Your whole outlook on life will change. You're the head, not the tail, above all and not beneath. That's who you are. That's who you are. You're a child of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. You're a child of God. No child of God ought to be bored, but broke, poor, defeated, no wisdom and, you know, barely getting by and struggling with all life. No, no child of God ought to do that. Isn't that right? I mean, if you're the head, what does that mean? That means you're at the top. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, I could go on for hours and tell you. You get, you get started on the Word of God, you don't want to stop. Get the Word of God in your mouth. Build yourself up. Get it in there. Get it in there. Find out. But you start with your problem areas. Start with your problem areas. Find out. You got something just plaguing you all the time? And uh, you got something just holding you back all the time? Plaguing you? Plaguing you? Find the Word of God that addresses that. And just say it. I don't care if your flesh is causing you to do all kinds of things that are wrong. I don't care how much you do it. It ain't stronger than the Word of God. Amen. Your flesh is not more powerful than the Word of God. You continuously confess that I keep under my body and bring it into submission and that body will yield. It will come in. You'll find the strength. You'll find the power to do it because the Word of God will produce. Hallelujah. Isn't that right?